But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get to our Bibles here. First, uh, get your scripture ready on 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 in the dark world. Uh, the Bible says we're the light of the world, and part of that is really victory. Victory. And I feel at times sin weighs heavy on us. And people struggling, and I, I was talking to you lately. Uh, I, I shouldn't say I enjoy it, but I'm very thankful and privileged because I don't want to enjoy heartache and burdens. But I've been very, very, very thankful for a few of you that have really exposed yourself to me and you have trusted me. And those things I will, bury, I will be buried with me in the grave. And now I know how to pray. And when I look at you, I look at you now with compassion. And I am burdened for you. And I appreciate you having uh, trust enough that you would share that. I don't want to take that for granted. Because sharing burden and helping each other bear burdens is part of the Christian life. May I say this? Christianity was never meant to be left, uh, to, to, be, to be lived alone. Christianity is not meant for us to just have it and then just forget about everybody else. It's just not the case. And so if we have any traction and any hope of any real change, eventually people are going to share burdens with one another because they trust them and they love them. And at that point, they're going to work together to either bring about an encouragement to those people. Some people live with burdens that now that I know them, uh, I think most people won't want. They don't want it. But they come because we live in this world uh, that is sin cursed. It's just the truth of it. Sin has done more damage than any one thing. And so when, when, when as a preacher I speak of sin, I am very passionate about it and I'm against it to the nth degree. Totally against it. Because that's what destroys us. Pride is an enemy. It really is. It's something that we need to eradicate. It's something with a God that loves us so selflessly and so sacrificially. Uh, we need to let him really just transform us. We just need to really let, 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 let loose and let God really work in our lives so that we can make the greatest impact we could possibly make on this life. No man lives to himself, and nobody dies to himself. Whether we live or not, we're of the Lord. And uh, loss, I think, we're going to feel on Judgment Day is partly ignorant and partly maybe because of stubbornness. I don't know, either one of those. I, I don't know your heart. I don't know you. We're going to suffer loss because we're going to realize... God had so much more that he wanted to do with us. But we were just too stubborn at times and too uh, apathetic for him to really use us. And so I'm going to challenge us 
that we at least one or, or thought about it this way, uh, always in your mind, what can God use me today? Who can he help me? Who can he help me help today? Who can he uh, encourage, line up the load today? And uh, continually you'll hear me as, 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 as a pastor would always be telling you, I know you have issues, and I know you have problems of your own. But let us lay it aside for a second and look at somebody else. And in compassion, make a difference in somebody else's life. If you sow compassion, I believe you will reap compassion. And if you let off the focus, and a lot of times the Bible talks about, I don't know why I'm saying all these. It's not what I'm preaching today. When it talks about, the scripture says, those that find their life are those that lose their life. A lot of times we think when we are in control of our life, that's when we're going to have the greatest impact. But really, when we take charge of our life, we are out of control. That's the deception of the devil. When we take control of our life, we can't do what God can do. And so we miss that. But God says, could you, my dear son, and my dear daughter, just like some of you has, has, has really trusted me with some burdens. God is saying the same thing to each and every one here that are saved. You have a burden, my dear friend. You have a burden, my daughter. Let me have it. Give it to me. And if you give it to the Lord together, you will see victory more than you will do it by yourself. And so I, I challenge all of us. Uh, I, I know... I know being formal. I, I love being formal. But at times you see me kind of be a little bit vulnerable to you. And I can't all the way. You will not respect me. If you really see the condition in my heart, none of you would be my friends. But you see, Jesus sees all of that. And he sees the real Chris Barron. And yet he says, I love you. And I'm going to work with you as long as you want me to. Because I'll be a gentle God and I will get you victories. I will get your temper out of control and it's not there. I will get this problem under control. I will. I will. I will in your life. I will do what you can't do, and that is you can have good relationship with people. You can appreciate them. You can value them. You can pass, you can go past the irritation and pass the, 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 the things that make you uncomfortable because they're there, and I will make you really appreciate them. And I will restore broken relationships. I will restore break, broken relationships. And today... For many years, I never knew I had brothers. 20, 30 years. And now, not only did I know my brother and sister that my mom in the Philippines have hid from me because of just shame, a life of shame. But my mom got saved. My dad got saved. And I got an American mom, plus. And she's not to replace my mom. I have a relationship with her totally on her own. And I will miss anything if it ever happened to my mom here. But 
but, but God is restoring some relationship. I just talked to my sister that has been out of our life for, for, for a long time. She said, go get them. I was talking to her right before I taught Sunday school. Why, why do I believe what I believe, guys? Because God is so real. And he can do what I'm about to preach to you. You just have to trust him just like you did by faith, you getting saved. Because otherwise, there'll be no hope. There'll be no hope for any of us. There'll be no hope of overcoming any problems that come our way. And we would be most, most men miserable. And God doesn't want us to be miserable. There is power in him. There is power in him. We can be victorious. It's not just for a select group of people. The only thing that hampers us is one thing, and it's us individually saying, I don't believe you, God. And we should be saying, if you could do it for him, and you could do it for her, you could do it for me, and you could do it for our family. A lot of us here have broken relationships with people that we love. And there is no other way to be victorious and have those relationships restored unless we come to God in faith. No, the title of my message this morning is Be Thankful for the Overcomer. Be thankful. It's Thanksgiving month, and we think oftentimes of Thanksgiving, so I want to bring a Thanksgiving message. But be thankful for the overcomer. And who is the overcomer? And we'll read that here in a few scriptures. It's very clear. It's Jesus Christ. He overcame our greatest enemy, sin. He overcame it. He's already standing in victory. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and number 18. We know to be thankful. It's very, very, very simple uh, verses. Keep your hands on 2 Corinthians there. We'll go back to that. I'll give you some introduction here. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. You know, here's a, here's a side note to think about it. This is a perspective. When there's a problem that comes, uh, we can give thanks simply because we know that God can deliver us. Sin comes, problem comes, disappointment comes, but God is powerful enough to deliver us. You have to believe that by faith. And so this verse is very clear in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, and if you're saved today, he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. He comes, and his invitation is with no hindrances, with no, uh, uh, with no uh, condition. Come. Come to the Lord. Uh, bring your prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and uh, let it be known to God. Second Corinthians 9.11, another verse, it says, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. God has really come along our lives, and you would be honest if you're truly saved. He, has it, he had made it better than before he came. 
Our life today, if you're lost, you don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm going to give you an invitation. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to live this life trying to be good on your own strength. May I say to you that there is a sucker. There is a helper. And he will come to help you enrich your life as has never been enriched before. In fact, not only he'll be an addition, but if you let him be the centerpiece, he'll transform you. He'll transform your life that you would not imagine. He is the overcomer. He can overcome whatever it is that is in your life. Some of you suffer probably from being abused. Some of you are suffering from being bruised in, in that you were either verbally, sexually, or in any way uh, physically abused. Well, God comes and will overcome, if you let him by faith, he will overcome that bitterness and that unforgiveness. You can live a decent life with God. He come to enrich. And there's other things that I could speak about. Uh, one area that we can definitely give God thanks for is the victory that he gives. He thinks well of us. Pause for a second. He thinks well of us. He adores us. What an amazing thought to think that the God of heaven adores us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I don't know, but God adores us. I know from his word, and I trust it by faith. He loves us. What is it that God thought of us, but he, he really showed his love? Amazing God. Look at your verse now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. And if you're able to please stand just to honor the word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. We'll read this verse together. You can sit back down after we pray. It says here, Now thanks be unto God. All right, we're talking about being thankful for the overcomer, and that is Jesus. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the Savior, all right, not the Savior here, it's Savior, of his knowledge by us in every place. And this is how God adores you and thinks of you as a Christian. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and them that are perished. And there's only two kinds of people that were around all the time, lost people and saved people. And if you're saved today, God looks at you and says, you're like a pleasant aroma that I love and I adore. Lord, help us today to find encouragement in your truth that always, with no exception, we can find triumph if we find it in Jesus Christ. Help us to put that together today. Help me as I preach and teach in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I was reading this as part of my devotion, and I saw that. And let's look at it again. It just caught me. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the Savior of his knowledge by, by us in every place. Not only can we smell good in him, but he will make sure that we are smelling good everywhere else. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, in them that perish. 
what a great hope as a Christian today. What a great hope as a Christian today. Some of us uh, might be battling some addiction, some power that has overcome us, and we can't help ourselves but continue to fall into that bad habit in our lives. And has destroyed our family. It has destroyed us. And will continue to destroy us unless we get victory over it. And to you I say, if you find it in Christ, he'll give you this victory. You will triumph in Jesus Christ. The source of our triumph and victory is Christ. No other place in Scripture tells us that we'll have power and victory over anything that we have to overcome. It has to be through Christ. Look at John 16. John chapter number 16 and verse number 33. John chapter number 16 and verse number 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. How can we have joy in the midst of trial? How can we have joy when it seems like we're opposed? Is because of this thought. God promised us that in the world ye shall have tribulation. Why? Because of the consequence of sin. Sin cursed the world. All right? And so there's problems and heartaches and, and wrongdoings and evil work. And that causes hurt and burden and tribulation. But God says this, but be of good cheer. But be of good cheer. We can be thankful. Why? Why? Because of this truth. God says, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. You don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live under that addiction. You don't have to live under unforgiveness and bitterness. You don't have to live a defeated life. Because my God, my God is an overcomer. And he has won for you the victory already. It's in his hand. All he wants from you is if you trust him, and if you believe, he'll give it to you. And the devil tells you, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. And the devil keeps your eyes off of Jesus. And the devil keeps your eyes off of his power. And the devil keeps your eyes off of his grace. And the devil keeps your eyes from him. And it lets you remain wallowing in that defeated life. And you don't have to. Your marriage don't have to be that way. Your marriage don't have to be that way. Your relationship with your children don't have to be that way. And children, you don't have to live like that with your mom and dad. You don't have to let sin have dominion over you anymore. Because Jesus came and provided victory. Do we believe that? Let's believe it so much that we live it in our lives. Did I say tribulation will will go away? No, it will not go away. There'll be a time, though, it'll go away. There'll be no more sorrow there. And we have that hope. Let's get some of that now. Let's get some of that spirit from Jesus. And let's get some victory in our lives and say for at least this, we can admit we can have the victory. That's a truth we can actually put our faith on. We can have the victory. It is available. It's already been purchased. It's already there. The question is, you can access it only by faith. Only by faith. 
You can never forgive that person that's unforgivable until you access this power from Jesus Christ. And he offers it to you because he said this, this simple phrase in the Bible. He says, I have overcome the world. We don't have to live like the world. We don't have to be jealous. We don't have to be envious. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be unbelieving. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. Pastor Chris, what's going on to you? I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Do you believe that there's victory for you? That's the victory right there, the start. Do you really believe there's victory for you? And if you say, I, 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 I think I can raise my children because God's going to give me the power. I have the possibility to raise good children because God's going to give me the ability. That's victory right there. Starts right there. Starts right there. Don't let the world defeat you. Well, I'm working with these people. I'm working with these people. They're not responding, and they're actually op- opposing me. And I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting discouraged. Well, stop. You think you think God's going to win over the situation? You feel like He's going to give you the victory? Oh, uh, he... no, 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 no. Do you believe it? It starts there. That person has the ability to get saved if they're lost because God is powerful. Now, God operates in a free will, so you can't force people to do something because you want them to. You just have to trust God. But God has a way. Oh, my God has a way to reach inside a heart. And if he's got the heart of the king and he can turn it wherever soever he will, he can reach that loved one you've been praying for. He can turn the prodigal back. He can grab a hold of that prodigal and say, you've been gone for so long, son. It's about time. Turn back. He can. You stop believing? You believe God doesn't have the power? He has. He has power. And he is the overcomer. The source of our triumph and victory is Christ. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 1 John 5.4 Look at that. That's a good verse. 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 4. We'll start there. 1 John 5.4 Look at what the Bible tells us. For whatsoever is born of God Can live a decent life, but it's gonna just be defeated. For who for whatsoever is born of God. Have you accepted Jesus Christ in John 3? He must be born again, that says. And if you accept Jesus Christ, he births you into his family, and now you're born anew, transformed, new creature in Christ. Hallelujah! You have the ability to act and react like the Holy Father. Our father, our dad. And he even says, call him Ava, meaning daddy. What a, what a power we have as a Christian. And he says that whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's not a maybe statement. 
That's not a hope statement. That is a declarative statement that says if you are born in Jesus Christ and you're born again, you, as much as he's the overcomer, you're now an overcomer. Don't let the devil, don't let the devil rob you of the victory you already have. You don't have the battle, you already have the victory. And, for, uh, and, and this is the victory. Here it is. This is key right here on this word. This is the victory. God doesn't uh, mince words here. He just tells us exactly what we need to go. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. It's a personal thing. Even our faith. You know the difference between somebody living in victory and somebody living not in victory is simple. It's a simple thought. One believes it enough and acts upon the belief of, his, of what God says, and the other one simply does not. It has to be that way. It has to be that way. Because God said so. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Jesus, right? But look at the question is for us now. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you're saved today, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hand. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have trusted him. What is this verse telling us? You're going to be an overcomer? Someday you're going to be a victorious person? Or is that... Or said declared very, very clearly, you are victorious. Right now. Right now. Right now. Because you've gotten saved. Now you have victory. And it doesn't change. The formula for success in Christianity doesn't change. For us to be a Christian, we had to trust Jesus Christ by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's not of ourselves. It is not a work. And so to continue in the path as we were born in this Christian life by salvation, to continue in the path of transformation and sanctification, the key is always still the same. It does not change. It's not confusing. It's not hard. It all still is the same. For you to get saved, you had to do what? You had to believe. You had to trust. Guess what? For you to stop talking the way you're talking and God works in your heart to remove some of those attitudes and and, and very bitter speech and hateful speeches, guess how you have to do it? Jesus, whoa. As I trusted you for my soul and now I'm secured forever. Jesus, your word says I have the ability to not talk like this anymore and I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to trust what the preacher said about this area. I'm going to look at verses. I'm going to look at principles and doctrine. And I can be victorious over my speech. It's not difficult, guys. It's not complicated. It's not hard. You know what complicates it? It's us justifying why we allow things in our lives to remain. Guys, there's only two options. If I have a problem with my temper, God is not foolish to not let me know that's a problem. Would you not believe me? 
That's why preaching sometimes is hard to endure. Because when the preacher is preaching, he doesn't know what's going on at times. But the Holy Spirit is just like lasering on you on a subject. And then you feel uneasy because God is not unloving to not let you know the problem. He will let you know the problem. And he's going to hone in on that problem, and you and him have to deal with it. And you have to come to two conclusions about it. Two conclusions. And it's activated by either having faith or not having faith. And if God hones into you on this addiction, you're either going to believe that God's going to help you, and he's got the power to make it happen, or you're going to deny the power of God and say, no, it can't happen. And the result still remains clear. You're defeated. Victory comes through faith. The Bible is clear. Where is victory lies? In us being educated more. In us having more money. In us being famous. In us having social status. And that's what the word lies to us. Lies to us. But you know, sin has no respect. Whether you are respected or you are maybe not even known. And you might be affluent, and you might be struggling financially, and you're in between. Every man, every woman struggle with sin. Every man and every woman struggle with sin. And so for you to think that the world's solution is, well, I need to have more money, then I don't have to worry about that. Well, I, I, I go to drinking because it, those could be the things that the devil used to lead you into doing those things. But uh, the solution Christ has is not promotion. It's not a, whoo, let's celebrate. His, his, he gets down with you and he says, you trusted me for your salvation, right? Yes. Could you trust me with this? This is what I, my word says about it. This is what I believe how you can overcome it. Would you believe me to exercise by obedience what I said in my word and let's see if you can have victory in this area too. And you have two responses. Either you deny that and you say no, or you say okay. And the result is either victory or defeat. We live in victory via faith. Faith is how we access God's grace. What's grace? Ability. And it's his grace that gives us the power to obey and then obedience put us in blessing ground. Puts us in a place that we all want to be. Look at 1 John 2, 13 to 14. 1 John 2, 13 to 14. I write unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young man, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because you have known the father. And then look at verse 14, it's kind of it's a repetition, but there's some key phrases here now that is going to reveal to us what 13 is about. Look at verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young man, because you are strong. How are they strong? And the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome... The wicked one. So there's a possibility we can win and live in the victory 
And it has to do, we could be strong, and it has to do with our relationship with the word of God. All right? And we can overcome the wicked one by the word of God. And we access it by faith. Now, along with faith comes the word of God, the scripture that we are preaching and teaching out of here. As much as our faith should be in the living word, who's that? That's Christ. It needs then be also in the written word, the Bible. If we say we have faith in God, then we must have faith in his word. And hear how it's going to make it uh, pertinent to victory. Look at this, John 1 and verse 1 to 14. Let me, let me make, this, uh, make this very, very clear to us what it means uh, that the Jesus and the word are the same. Look at John 1 and verse number 1 and 14. Verse 1 of John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And in your King James Bible, it says, and the Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And his name is revealed along with Moses in the verse 17 of John chapter number 1. And his name was Jesus. And so that ties in together, our faith in God has to be the same as our faith in the Word of God. Why is that important? Because the Word of God is what we have practically to live our lives by. Because God's Word is for daily living. God's Word is relevant for situations that you have to go through in life. That's why it's not ironic, it tells us how to talk. It tells us how to spend our money. It tells us how to treat other people. It teaches those things. Why? Because this is the practical approach that God gave each and every man and woman to live in the victory. And so we say we trust God. It has to be synonymous. And it has to be in line with the fact that we also trust his holy book. That's where victory lies. Sad to say... God gave us free will, and we have to choose. Look at the sad verses in 2 Peter, chapter number 2. 2 Peter, chapter number 2. I'm almost done. 2 Peter, chapter number 2. 2 Peter, chapter number 2, and verse number 19. It's talking about a warning for false prophets, false teachers that would come and teach you things. And uh, Peter was warning the reader of... First and Second Peter of these things, in particular this chapter, and this uh, passage. So look at Second Peter chapter number two and verse number nineteen. While they, speaking of these false prophets, promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. Guys, guys, liberty is the freedom to do right. Liberty is the ability to choose right, because sin is a bondage. Don't let the world and anybody else tell you. That when a preacher or somebody that believes the truth, they're just out there to take away your fun. And they're going to give you a bunch of rules to limit you. Lie, 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 lie. Our job is not to limit you. In fact, our job is to break you out of bondage and have you free. Because the Bible says, uh, the word of God, if they come to the word of God, the word of God shall make you free indeed. Sin is a liar. Sin says, if you stay here, you can have fun. No, it'll give you sorrow. 
It'll give you heartaches. It will destroy you. It's a liar. Stop listening to the devil and stop being duped by his wicked, wicked uh, weapon he uses in our lives and to get us to sin. Well, they promise them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption. For oop, uh, here's, here's a, a very good instruction of what it means to be overcome, the Bible word. For of whom a man is overcome, all right, of the same is he brought in bondage. So if somebody is stronger than you, then they're the one that overcame you. That's what the Bible's telling us here. So if you have things in your life that is powerful over you, guess what? They have overcome you. But here's the power, because we're not of the world anymore. Jesus said, I go back to that verse, he says, I have overcome the world. And he said this, the power that I have, I give to you. Anybody that's begotten of, the, of God has overcome the world. And so what he's saying, and here's phrases now we're going to learn, and I, I'm just going to go ahead. When he said this, that's why he said this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why is that so, so, so fitting to what I'm talking about? Because as the sin has have you down on the ground and is stepping on your chest, you cannot do anything that I don't want you to do. You stay there. And there's nothing in us to overcome us. And this weight of bitterness, we feel like we're just hurt by it all the time. There's nothing we can do to overcome this uh, trauma and victimized that we've been victimized by other people and they've hurt us and it feels like there's no way out of this well Jesus says hey and you look up and you say hey I'm greater than that person holding you down do you want me to help you and all that person has to say okay I'll see. I'll trust you. And God comes over and grabs sin. And he does a number of sin that the Bible tells us he buried your sin in the deepest sea. He tells us that he done a number on sin so much that the east from the west, they'll not meet. He obliterated sin. Sin can no longer come back to you and put its feet down again and say, nope, no, we have Jesus now. And Jesus comes up and says, come on up. All right, I know you have been standing for a long time. You've been in that prostrate position for so long. But I need you to come up. I need to let you, uh, I, I need to pick you out of that miry clay. And I'm going to now establish your going. Now, uh, you haven't walked in a long time, but this is how to walk. Right, take the first step, get baptized. All right, take another step and get to church. All right, take another step and memorize verses about lust because you're having problems with it. And he just keeps walking with you. And then eventually you get to a point where now God says, all right, son, I got so many people to help. I need to obliterate sin over in this area. Could you help me come along? And now you're able to walk on your own. And, and God's saying, can you help him? All right, all right Jesus, I'm going to do it by your power. Yeah, yeah, I'm not leaving you. I'm right here, but I, I'm helping these people too. And that's how God does it. And it requires us to have faith. And it requires us to have faith. But here's a sad verse. 2 Peter 2, 19, 20. Look at it. In verse 20. For after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. And I say this to those that are backslidden. You remember what it was like to be in bondage and you walk away and God obliterated it, but you decide because you're missing it, you go back. And God says, there's no reason. Why are you going back? It's not even reasonable in my head now. I've saved you from that. Why are you going back? And so may I challenge every Christian. Is the devil telling you, come back? And you tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savorest not the things of God. Get behind me. No. No, you are a liar. And I know your number now. You are a liar. No, I'm not going to look at that site anymore. No, I'm going to find ways that I'm going to have parameters on my phone, on my computer, because I'm not strong enough yet to, re- to reject those out of my own free will. I'm going to find ways to help me. I'm going to find accountable partners. I'm going to have accountability partners to help me because I have victory in Jesus Christ. I don't have to live defeated. I don't have to live defeated. We need to watch out as Christians that we do not return to sin. God has not delivered us from sin just so that we can entangle ourselves again in it. Look at these last verses we're going to read. 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, another promise, and have overcome them. And here's the verse. Because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Let us realize when we say this, the devil got me again. That that's not something we should say anymore. And we should not fall for that no more. A lot of times, you know, when we act in anger, man, the devil got me again. All right, let's watch out for it now. And let's God, let's so dwell with the Holy Ghost and in tune with Jesus Christ that guess what? We're going to say these things. I said the right thing that time. I reacted properly on that situation that time. I got to give the gospel that time. That should be the predominant experience us Christians should be having in victory. I'm not giving you flowery stuff. I'm giving you practical things. Where's your faith in God? If you're not spending time with this book, then you're not spending time with him. If you're not spending time with his word, you're not spending time with him. And if you're not spending time with him, you're not going to have power to overcome what you allow in your life. And so get in the word, know what God says, and then trust it. We must remember the source of victory. We need to believe that we can because Christ can. We don't need to live defeated lives with God's enablement. We can overcome evil with good. And so it's not so difficult anymore when the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And men, go home today and look up the word overcome, overcometh, overcomer. I didn't even have time. He gives you all the victory promises all over scripture. To them that overcome it will I give the earth 
for them to inherit. And it's just so much, so much promises for those that live in victory. And so don't let the devil tell you, no, whatever Pastor Chris said today, I'll never get to that point. Who's saying that to you? Let's go find them. Who's saying that to you, sis? Who's telling you that? Who's telling you that your relationship can't be restored? Who's telling you that? Now, let's get it. Who's telling us that? It's definitely not my God. It's not my God. Because my God is the light of the world. And my God says, I have overcome it. Christian, 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 stop. Don't live in denial anymore. Take some self-responsibility here. The reason why we're we're defeated is we have to come to this decision. In every temptation that comes, in every situation that comes, we have to make a choice. I'm going to trust God that I can act properly, or I'm going to say, I don't need God. I don't need to deal with this. And so we lose. Christian, I want you to walk away today. At any rate, if you're still living a defeated life, I I feel for you. If I can help you in any way, you can talk to me. I'll keep everything confidential, and I'll pray for you because God can help. And I'm not promising you victory because you talk to me or you talk to somebody that loves you. What I'm just saying to you is at least when you walk out today, you might be overwhelmed with, with something you might be overwhelmed with a hurt feeling. You might be overwhelmed with burdens. And I want to encourage you, when you walk out this door, you're going to say, hey, I have victory in Christ if I just so choose. I might not have it right now, but I'm going to walk away knowing at least I've heard from his word, I don't have to live defeated lives. My marriage could be what God wants it to be. My being a husband can be what God wants it to be. My being the wife that I need to be, I can have it in Jesus Christ. Me being a church member, dealing with other church members, I can be that with Jesus Christ. The question is, sometimes we negate the decision and we don't want to deal with it. But really, it's there every single time. Because God promises with every temptation, there is a way of escape. And what's the escape? The escape is not anything but him. He's there. He's looking at you, and, he, and you're about to make a choice. And he's just saying to you in a still small voice, Son, daughter, come. I'm the way of escape. Come. I'm the one. Come. My hand is stretched out still. Come. You're, you're burdened. You're heavy laden. Come. I'll give you. Come. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing all the time. And you have to admit this. And be reminded each time you face those choices, you have to look at Jesus and you have to say, no. No, I don't believe it. No. No. And go, you fall. Take the responsibility. Don't look at me like that, that is not the case. That is the case. Take the responsibility. You have more power than you realize to overcome things that you let allow, that you let in your life. You have more power than you realize. It's just that you're saying to Jesus, no. Lord, thank you for my family here. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, thank you for all of their lives.
Thank you for salvation you brought to each and every one of them. Lord, help us to no longer live in the defeated life. No, times a just man will fall. But Lord, you promise that we can rise up again. And you're right there when we fall. When Adam fell, when Adam was hiding, Jesus and God showed up and says, Where art thou, Adam? You're always there. In the midst of temptation, Lord, help us to know that you are the way of escape. We just have to call out, just like Peter, as he was tempted by circumstances, and he took his eyes off Jesus. All he said, save me, and Jesus came and saved him out of that. Lord, help us to know victory is in hand. We can overcome because we serve the overcomer. Lord, bless us, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.